Well, what an honor to be here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's people who've done it, like Stacy, that really make a difference, and Julie, who's doing it with her children, and my friend Donna Baird, who's doing it with her kids at her church. And we were just with Donna last Sunday, Bill and I, and, uh, and she said, let's do a, let's do a My Star journal entry with the kids and their parents. And so we had an intergenerational time, and it was so fun, Donna. It was really, really great. Well, thanks for coming. We all need to sharpen our listening ears, right? And uh, not just kids, but all of us. John wrote me from the district office and said, if there's a prayer request that you would have for your for your session, what would it be? And I said, the prayer request would be this, that we would all go away as sons and daughters of God with a fresh awareness of a listening ear. Because when we have it, chances are that the children we, we work with and, and uh, meet with will catch what we've already been, where we've already been and what we've already done. Several years ago, we were vacationing in um, Lakeside, a Methodist campground near uh, right on uh, Lake Erie. And uh, we were driving five of our seven grandchildren around in a golf court cart, and then we'd stop at every park, and we'd get out, the kids would play, and then we'd go someplace else. We went down the street, and I said to Bill, hey, that's where that couple lives from Amherst, which is where we're from. They, and our kids used to play uh, soccer with their kids. And so a little five-year-old was sitting beside Papa, who was driving the golf cart, looked up at him and said, you got kids? <laughs> And then he realized, of course I had kids. But it was it was his awareness at that time. He had, was totally unaware that we had our own kids other than grandchildren. And so I thought, there are times when I walk in life and I have absolutely no awareness. And then all of a sudden, oh, of course, I should have known that. So I'm going to pray that today <clears throat> there will be an awareness of the Holy Spirit, awareness of Jesus and an awareness of what he's desiring to do in all of our lives. So let's pray that, shall we? Father, that's our desire, is that we walk in an understanding and refreshing of who you are, so that as we have this listening component that increases in value in our lives, there will come something as we share and teach children and our own children and our grandchildren and kids' friends, neighborhood kids, wherever it may be, that that listening component, Father God, would be raised just a bit, and we'd hit a target today of that. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Does everybody have um, sheets? We've got handouts just to make sure that you did when you came in. All right. If there's one thing in your life that distracts you from paying attention, what would that be? Three people, shout it out. What is it that just can distract you like anything right away? All right, cell phones. How many people would agree that's probably the top thing? Okay. All right, well, you may have them on silent now, or they may be sitting beside you. And, uh, <laughs> and Stacy has a story. She was at my house for uh, a soul retreat. And one of the things about the soul retreat at our house for three nights and four days is no cell phones. And uh, you can check them at night, but you, <laughs> but you can't. You can't do this. You can't have Facebook. You can't whatever. You just tell tell your friends, tell your family, give them my number if there's an emergency. And she she pushed back on me. We weren't good friends at the time, like we are now. We were just getting to know each other. She said, "I can't do that." 
And I said, well, ah, uh, er, ah. Uh. You knew that before you came, right? She said, right, but I, I just can't because i, I got to pay attention. I have some texts that come in all the time. And I said, well, I'm asking you not to. And she was, okay. <laughs> that night came, 9 o'clock, when everybody could go on, look at their text. She had no texts. Not a one. She thought her phone was broken. So she said to Kelly, who is part of the group, Kelly, just, just text me something. Came right through. Are you ready for this? They were there for four days. When the whole thing was over, she got on her cell phone and had, what, 12, 14, 15 texts. And God had just, he just started sending them to her. So we understand what listening is about and what we don't need. Well, it's a pleasure for me to be here. I love John Wooden. My goodness, what a man with a vision. And you're Stacy back there. I saw her in action just a few weeks ago. Thank you, Stacy, for this wonderful invitation, opportunity to be here. I so appreciate it. My husband, Bill, is sitting over there. Uh, we pastored for 26 years in Amherst together. And now that we're retired, we do a lot of other fun things and kind of get to do whatever you want to do, you know? <laughs> So I applaud you. I applaud you for the unique gift that you are as you lead children. You're leading them in ancient paths. And as you walk them down the paths of Scripture, the paths that Joshua took, the paths that Jonah took, the paths that, that uh, uh, Timothy took, they're ancient paths, but you're renewing them for kids. And I really want to thank you. There's a Hebrew word that is about hearing, listening. It's called Shema. And you'll know the verse of scripture. It's in your um, syllabus, but we, we're going to spend some time in syllabus and sometimes not in it. But here's the word. It's here. And uh, it means to listen. And it's, it appears in the Old Testament 1,161 times. So I have a hunch that hearing is very important. Listening is important. And it's here's the scripture. Hear, O Israel. Let's say it together. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Thank you, children's workers. Uh, listening to Jesus. Now, I have a scripture here, and it's interesting. Listening to Jesus is in Joshua. Well, you remember where Joshua... Uh, met the, the man with the sword drawn, and it was like, oh, who are you? What are you about? And uh, he said, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. And it was Jesus. So Jesus said to Joshua, take off your shoes, and he did. And what did Joshua do? He worshiped. And here's the interesting thing. Then he listened after he worshiped, Scripture says. And then guess what? That's when God gave him the strategy for Jericho. So three things, and the order is really important, the sequencing here, and that is he worshipped, he listened, and then what? The strategy came. Could it be the same for us today? I have a hunch so. We worship, we listen, and here comes the strategy. Mark 4. Jesus said, listen, behold a sower. And remember, he's telling about uh, uh, a parable there. Next, in Mark 4, he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Next, in Mark 4, verse 20, but those that were sown on the good soil, meaning seeds, are the ones who 
hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. You see, fruitfulness is related, Jesus is saying, to what? Hearing. Fruitful, is it difficult to hear me? Okay. How are we doing? I'll try to do a little bit more. I need some water. Sorry about this, guys. Okay, raise your hand if you can't, all right? Because then I sometimes will draw back, and then I, I forget that. So you be my reminders, okay? So the seeds to fruitfulness is listening. And so the listening and the fruitfulness go together. The fertile soil is the listening soil. The soil that had the most fruitfulness had the listening component in it. The ones who hear the word and accept it, not just hear it in a distance, but pay attention to it with the, with the hearing. Uh, verse 23, same chapter. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. We think of Revelation for that, right? But it was back in uh, Mark 4. Then the next one, with many such parables, he spoke to them as they were able to hear it. Listening skills, listening skills, he realized were so important. And then, of course, to all the seven churches in Revelation, right? He who has an ear, let him hear what what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Well, it was about 10 years ago when I went to a retreat in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and at this retreat, uh, it was led by Ruth Haley Barton, and uh, it was on restoring your soul as a leader, that kind of a theme that, uh, that she did. And so I, I read her book, it was called Sacred Rhythms, and I didn't realize what she what was meaning by rhythms until I went through the book, and it's rhythms of Sabbath, rhythms of rest, rhythms of the examine, rhythms of all sorts of things. One of the rhythm was rhythms was Lectio Divina, This is something that was begun many, many, many hundreds of years ago, 3rd century A.D. There were Christians in Egypt being persecuted, desert mothers, desert fathers, they called themselves. They fled to the desert. So because life was pretty simple in the desert in Egypt, as you can imagine, they developed a way to study scriptures called Lectio Divina. That is a Latin term. Lectio, of course, means lecture, lectern, reading. Divina means what? Divine, yes, a divine reading. So with their soap methods that they had back then, (laughs) they didn't take large chapters to read, but instead they took just short short verses, maybe six verses, eight verses, ten, no more than twelve. And they read them slowly because they were in a desert. They had nothing else to really do, so they pondered them, read them slowly, which is a key to Lectio Divina. And then after they read them, they reflected on it. How's my life touched by this? Then they responded, and each time they read those verses. So as they read them all, they... um, uh, they realize, wow, they stay. The verses stay with me longer because I'm not reading so much. I'm just reading a few verses and I'm reading them several times. So here's the thing about the Lectio Divina that, uh, if if you're familiar with, and some of you probably are, that the Lectio Divina isn't about just reading for information, but it's reading for transformation. So there's, there's, the many times I read it slowly, the more I will be transformed by the living Word of God. So when I was there, uh, I loved that. The retreat was amazing. I was the only 
Well, I was there by myself. I didn't have anybody else with me. There were about 18 people, mostly men, a few women. As leaders, I want to tell you this one thing that I learned apart from the book. We were going around the circle saying, why are you here? Why are you here? And uh, Ruth Haley Barton was sitting here. I was about two over from her, and she went this way around the circle. She came to a couple, the only married couple there, and they were sitting right in the middle, right across from her. And she said, why did you come? And the wife just began sobbing. I mean sobbing. She could hardly talk. And she said, I'm here because I hate ministry. I'm here because I don't like my people. They're cruel to us. They're cruel to our kids. And when she said all of this, I'm thinking, oh, that poor lady. And then Ruth Haley Barton, I thought, I'm going to learn something from her ministry-wise, how she will respond to her. And this is what she said. Thank you. Next. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, she just said next. (laughs) She just said next. She didn't say, well, somebody pray for her while we whatever. And then her husband said, she's right. This is our last-ditch effort. And when she got around the room, she said this so wisely. I just want you all to know we're here together to hear from God. And I don't want anyone to look to me because I can't fix anybody. And I thought, what a wise woman. Because I looked to her to see how she would lead, what she would do. And she said, we're going to have our eyes on Jesus this whole time. And we're going to look to him. So I'm not here to fix you, but he can. Isn't that great? So when the retreat was over, everybody had gone home. And I stayed in this little retreat center. And I was in the, uh, the lobby. I called Bill and I said, honey, I think I'm supposed to stay for just a few more hours. And he said, great, no problem. Only two hours from home, I had time. It was about one o'clock in the afternoon. And I stayed for six more hours. This is what I said to him. This retreat, I think, has the potential to change my life. That that's what, that the potential is the big word. Because how many times have I, perhaps if you've gone to a retreat, and afterwards you said, that changed my life. And it's so premature to say that. Unless we have to wait till it really does. And so six months later, as I stayed there, it wasn't like I had heard anything major from God. I just went through all my notes, which I rarely do after a seminar or whatever. I usually put them in my little folder, and they go right along with the rest of them, right? And I knew if I read them over, it would give me an opportunity to digest exactly what God was saying. So six months later, I could say to you today, and 10 years later, mm, changed my life. I have journals now of Lectio Divinus. I'm spending time with the Lord. I've done Lectio Divinus through the book of Acts, through the book of John, or I just take a few. And I'm the person that, you know, I don't always read through the Bible in a year, and then I feel guilty because of all those X boxes that weren't filled in. <laughs> and it's like, and then when I get behind five chapters, before you know it, I'm behind 20 chapters. And it's just really tough to catch up. So anyway, this is taking just a smaller amount of scripture and looking at it. So um, so it definitely had the potential to change my life, and it has. So I asked a friend, it was a year ago, a little over a year ago, Bill and I were at just out running some errands. We were going to go to a movie, and I said to him, funny thing, I just had this idea that there could be a Lectio Divina for kids. And I knew that idea certainly didn't come from me. And I said to him, uh, wow, what do you think? And he said, I think that's great. 
And so I went home and checked every place I could to see if anybody's done it. And then I checked out about 15 uh, children's devotionals to see what they were like. And so I called my friend in Australia and I said, how would you, she's young, I'm old. <laughs> I knew I needed somebody young, she's got kids. I said, how would you like to do a journal with me? Because she does this as well, and uh, the Lectio. And she said, I would love to. And so we changed it a bit and called it My Start, rather than read, reflect, and all that. So the, the My Start is about the start. The S is the scripture. We read the scripture. The T is think. So you say, think about it. Hmm. What is it that, what is that, fit, what phrase does that, uh, does that fit your life right now? Ask. Ask God about something. Is there a question you might have for him? And, uh, in the journal, it has these right here for every story. There are 52 of them, which means if we do one, um, one a week, in one year's time, we can get through the whole book. So we think about it. And then we ask God about it. Then the rest time comes. And the rest time, we say, is about, ideally for adults, for us, 20 minutes is a great rest time. And uh, if you're like me, when I first started out with 20 minutes, I thought my timer was broken, just like the text was. <laughs> Something wrong with this timer. I checked it because I thought I was at least at 18 minutes, and I was at 7. And so I thought, I've got a lot to learn about this. And uh, so anyway, we ask them to rest for two to five minutes. And when they do, they, we ask them to close their eyes, open their hands so they hear from God. Why do we close our eyes? Because of what? Distractions. Anything can distract us so easily. And they sit with their hands open and listen to what God tells them. Listening and finishing this statement, God is by. Well, some samples in the journal are, uh, for example, we have one that we wrote called God or Jesus Was Bullied. A school in, uh, in Australia did that one, and we did some sample ones to send out. And they wrote back and said, tell Harriet to write another one on bullying. That went over so well with our kids. So we have two of them about bullying. Another one is, a foster child becomes a queen. And so we talk about how God takes from wherever we are and makes something with us. Another one uh, I remember I wrote, and it was after, after meeting with a kid who was embarrassed about, their, about them crying, and it's entitled, It's Okay to Cry. And we talk about how Jesus cried. We talk about different kinds of tears. And uh, so we have stories in here about um, uh, Albert, uh, who, who did the light bulb? Edison. 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 That's what I thought of was Einstein. I thought, I don't think he did the light one. Edison. There's a story about him and how that God, God is the creator. Man is the inventor. So we don't create, but we invent through the creator. And so that's really a fun one. Trusting him. One of them is about people who, children who move. And if you haven't moved in the past year, whatever somebody has, and why don't you have at your lunch, in your lunchroom, uh, no one sits alone club. 
And so it's just practical things like this for children as they walk through it. There are four entries. The first one is about identity for a quarter. And at the end of the quarter, they have what's called, we do a heart checkup with them. They have a coach. The coach's name is Miss Penny. And so Miss Penny will coach them in the heart checkup as well as giving the, the little teachings before they do the, uh, the, the scripture. So the first one's on identity for a quarter. The next one's on character, character building of different qualities. Next one is adventure. And the final one is trust. So that gives you an idea. The T in the start is tell. We want children to talk about what God said to them. And we say, tell an adult. And uh, if that's a parent, if that's a, a teacher like you, whatever it would be. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the last statement of his quote is great. Ponder this word long in your heart. This is really a pondering kind of thing. Ponder it into your, into your heart until it's gone right into you and taken possession of you. Leonard Sweet. I love Leonard Sweet's writings. And he's known as the metaphor preacher. He preaches in metaphors all the time. And he says this, that Jesus Christ is the best, had the best use of metaphors of any. The kingdom of God is like a vineyard. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like, and he would give examples of metaphors. And he said, that's the way preaching needs to be in the counterculture that we live in of Christianity. Because people will understand what a metaphor is. My 15-year-old grandson, just a few weeks ago, we were there. We always do it with our grandchildren. And his metaphor is this. God is my four-leaf clover. My immediate reaction was, oh, my goodness, four-leaf clover. That's like a rabbit's foot. (laughs) What is it? So I uh, didn't say anything, thankfully. And I said, what do you mean by four-leaf clover? And he said this. God sticks out in a crowd. Well, look at that. So that we get, and I said, well, tell me more. Well, he developed this whole thing about God sticking out in, his, in the crowds. And uh, because he's a four-leaf clover. I gave you a blog. You can read it later. But one little girl said, God is my microphone. He makes things loud for me to hear. <laughs> Funny thing is, she's got the loudest voice of any 10-year-old I know. <laughs> and she says, God is my microphone. Another girl said, God is my director. He's my uh, conductor. And three weeks ago in New Philly, Ohio, if anybody's here from New Philly, anyway, in New Philadelphia, she was in the musical, um, the Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Thank you. And so she was in that musical, and then she said, God is my director, he's my conductor. She knew what she meant by that. And when she was alone with him, she said, that's what you're like, God. You're like this. So uh, the metaphors are really, really important. And when we share, when the children share, when we are with our, our children and our grandchildren, and there's three generations of us, when kids hear what an adult got too, it's wonderful. And their awareness heightens of who God is. And when an adult hears what a kid is, we just support and applaud and clap, and it's just really fun. Now, you're going to do it too, Okay. And I haven't given you much opportunity to talk, but we're going to do a Lectio together, and you have it in your uh, handouts, a My Start Journal. And it's the basis, you know what, is there another one? Oh, wait, I got it, thank you. Okay, this is, this is number one. 
The reason why it's number one, because the vision for this book is Samuel. Remember when he went to Eli and said, did you call me? And Eli said, no, go back to bed. Did you call me? Go back to bed. Third time, Eli said, that may be God speaking to you. The next time you hear your voice, then you say, speak, Lord, your servant is, is listening. That's the basis for the whole journal. May we raise up Samuels. And as we raise up Samuels, they will mature into prophets that God will use in their culture. And you see, if we have the vision that it's not about a little kid, we're raising adults. We're training adults. We're training this. We're training them for that time, not just as they are 10 or 11 years old. We're training them at 10 and 11 so that in their adult life, it'll just grow into all the giftings that God has for them. All right, everybody have a pencil? Anybody who needs one? Some purses have, as I heard somebody say, 30. They reproduce themselves in purses. So, uh, okay, raise your hand. And people who have extra pens or pencils, would you grab some more, please? And, uh, and share. Here's the story that Miss Penny shares. A couple of years ago, I took a bunch of kids camping. I remember saying goodnight, checking on the cabins, and all seemed quiet. When I went to bed and fell asleep, I woke up a few hours later to the sound of voices outside my cabin. I peeked out of my cabin window and saw a bunch of kids running around in the dark. I got up, stood at my door, and after they saw me, they hurried back to bed. I thought it was a dream, but it was real. Has anyone ever called out your name in the middle of the night when you were fast asleep? A bit scary, huh? Well, that happened to Samuel when he was a young boy living in the tabernacle with Eli the priest. When he heard a voice call, Samuel, Samuel, he ran to ask Eli what he wanted. This happened three times. The first two times Eli told him he was not calling his name, go back to bed. We will pick up the story on the third time when Eli realized God was calling Samuel. Samuel really trusted Eli. Find out what happened next. So she sets it up a little bit, and uh, then we have the scripture. Now we're going to read it together, and here's going to be the hardest thing of all, to read it slowly. And uh, as we read it slowly, I want you to listen for either a word or a phrase, not a whole sentence, just a word or a phrase that you will circle and think, wow, that's really, that's really good. That just kind of hmm, stood out at me. And then you'll write the word or phrase under S for scripture. Now, if you don't have it, because we haven't read it yet, we read through it all. And if it didn't come to you the first time, the second time it will. So when we read it again, then that perhaps for the majority of us will be the time when we'll hear the word and the phrase that just seems to stick out and have a, have a light on it. All right. So, um, and then we'll go on. Then you'll write it in the scripture and then we'll go on to think. All right, everybody, here we are. Let's read it together. The Lord called out to Samuel for the third time. Samuel got up and went to Eli. He said, Here I am. You called out to me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. If someone calls out to you again, say, Speak, Lord, I am listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. 
the Lord came and stood there. He called out, just as he had done the other times. He said, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel replied, Speak, I'm listening. The Lord said to Samuel, Pay attention. Now, if there's a word or a phrase, go ahead and write it in the S with scripture. If not, you'll get it the next time. All right, let's read it again, everybody. Let's have the guys read it, okay? All right, I'm glad for the guys who are here. Guys, you read it for us, if you will. And if I happen, if you happen to hear a little voice, it's slower. It's just because it's, we're, we're used to going at a fast tempo. All right, men, here we go. Okay, you did pretty well. All right, now it says think. If you got the word, put it in the S part. Now if you think about what's the scripture saying, how does this fit your life right now? This is about you. What is that phrase, what does that word mean to you? So go ahead and write. Because of this being a workshop and needing to go on, we'll not spend as much time as you would on your own with that or with a child. A, ask one more time. Everybody will read the scripture. The Lord called out to Samuel for the third time. Samuel got up and went to Eli. He said, here I am. You called out to me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli said, Samuel, go and lie down. If someone calls to you,
came and stood there. He called out, just as he had done the other times. He said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, I'm listening. The Lord said to Samuel, Pay attention. Thank you. A, ask, write a prayer about what is God showing you through that phrase, through that word. And you could start out, Father, and then just talk to the Lord, write it out, what you're asking him about or what you're noticing. to get my timer here. We're going to set our timer now for um, two minutes and ask the Lord and ask the Lord to give us um, give us a word about who he is. Okay? God is my, like I said, Portly Flower. God is my, um, whatever it may be. It could be my shepherd. It could be my rock. It could be my living water. It could be anything from Scripture or something apart that you know relates to the strength of what the Scripture is. And we'll see what word he gives you. Now, if he gives you a word, let's say he gives you a word, God is my peace. Okay, So you may have that, and then pretty soon you think, Oh, I think I'll change it. (laughs) Don't change it. Stay with the first one. Because if you think that on the second word, you'll think, well, maybe I'll go back. And so we get all of that all around. People have said this, when we're listening and and quiet, our minds will be like monkeys in banana trees. They'll swing here, they'll swing there. And so we want to keep it on track. Now, if your mind starts to, to just think about other things, bring it back to the word. And you're not praying during this time. You're just listening because it's God saying things to us. Harriet, I am your rock. And I'll think, I want to know more, Lord. And so he'll explain what he means by rock. And you won't write it down again because that could be distracting. So you're just going to keep your hands in front of you and let him share with you. What if you forgot to write down what he said? Could it be that it was only for that moment? and not for anything else. And we're so used to, oh, I hear this, i got to remember it. Sometimes, isn't it that he just says, why don't we just hang out without you having to remember it? So don't pressure yourself. Now, if a word doesn't come to you, you know what? Use the word, God is my Abba. 
He's my daddy. Because sometimes we can pressure ourselves to listen. Have you ever done that? You know, I got, I got to, I have a word. I have to have a word. You know what? Go with Abba. Just imagine what he would tell you today about him being your Abba daddy. So we'll have all of the, all of these things here before the Lord as he speaks to us. So put your pens down, hands on your lap, and we're going to do bookends. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer at the beginning, and then we'll keep our, I'll have our eyes closed during that, and then we'll have our two minutes of silence, and we'll do the Lord's Prayer at the end as well. Any questions about the rest time? Okay, here we go. Let's close our eyes, open hands. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Finish this sentence, God is my, and then write in your word. Now I'm going to ask you to stand, and I want you to find two other people that you didn't come here with, okay? 
to find two other people, and uh, I'm only going to give you. I'm only going to give you enough time. <laughs> Enough time to just read what it is. You're not going to talk about it. My, the scripture I had was this. I wrote this for think. I wrote this for ask. God is my, and then share what it is. All right. So, um, so one other person. If you have two or three, we're good. You know what? Let's do two, just for the purpose of this time. Let's just do being with two, two people. One other person. Okay. Go ahead. Hey. Kelly. Heather. Heather. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay, Heather, tell me what you, okay. what you wrote. Um, for the S, speak, Lord, I am listening. Uh, for the uh, T, with our current situation, we're itinerating missionaries, uh, newly appointed, so this is all new. Um, it's, let's see, uh, in our current state of transition, I must listen for God's voice even closer, it feels like, at times, because His voice is my life. Yeah, yeah. Nothing is stable in our life yes, right now. Yes. Um, I was in the restroom on A. <laughs> um, it's a rest, a God is my rock. Wow. So what they do for you today? Um, it's just the sense of peace and calming and even in the craziness of our life right now because we're only $640 away wow. a month from being able to go. Wow. So, yes. Um, just, Where's the nation? Where we're going? with Royal Rangers International, so we're going to start on the island of Curacao, oh. which is just north of Venezuela in between Aruba and Bonaire. Okay. But from there, we'll go worldwide wherever they need help oh. starting the program. So, so do you, have, you have children? We have two boys. Um, our oldest is 14 and our youngest is 10 and he got the My Start Journal at Minister's Retreat. Uh, my 14-year-old is being a poopit, and I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to fight him yeah. to do it. Yeah. And my 10-year-old, he goes, Mama, I wish there was enough to do it every day. Like, uh-huh. I don't have to remind him to do it. Monday, because wow. we homeschool Monday morning. He's like, Mama, I'm doing my My Start Journal first. I said, okay, buddy, go back. Oh, my so, goodness. Because yeah. I cannot let them pick what they want to do first with yeah. school. And they, you know, have devotions and everything. And I don't make them always do it in the morning. But Monday mornings, yeah. that's how he starts. Oh, I love so. it. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> okay, let's take our seats. <clears throat> and we've got about almost 15 minutes for, uh, for conversation. And so I'd like to hear some things from you, maybe you have some questions, as well as some of your thoughts. So I gave you kind of an overview of my start and what it's about. We have them here. We have special um, uh, packages for you today. It's a discounted time. It's on Amazon.com if you'd like to purchase any, any there as well. But we love to work with churches. We're working with other churches now. We're working with families. And uh, it's, we're available to you. I want you to know that. I put my phone number here because I really meant that, that if you just want to talk about it and some of the things you're doing, we really uh, would love to dialogue more. All right, your thoughts, your questions, your whatever you'd like to, to uh, share or ask. Yes. Uh, what, you said there are the core to eat opponents, like identity, adventure, trust. What was the other one that you were talking about? 
yeah, identity, character. Uh-huh. Yeah, and in the in the character one, it's yeah, trust, character, adventure, and identity. Uh huh. I mean, for example, developing a good reputation. Child is known by his actions. We uh, we've had some great ones coming in. Identity with good friends, uh, that kind of thing. Yes. No, because it's, it's, it's like only been out two months. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is brand new. Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly think you could. You know, we've been talking about because people have said, "Could you do it?" It was like, well, the first two months we <laughs> we're barely starting now, but we have talked about doing uh, a my start on the parables of Jesus. Let's get to know Jesus and let's hear his parables because they're so into metaphors that they would love the parables and come with that. But that's any suggestions you have for us. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So true. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. I love it. Yes. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Donna. When I was a, um, you call them supervisors in Foursquare, we call them uh, su- uh, supervisors, you call them superintendents, and overseeing uh, churches, I could not, I could not believe. It. In fact, I usually would write down, and many times I still do. You'll see me with written on here what God spoke to me of who He is. Today, my word was security. I am your security, and I haven't written it on here, but I'm going to do it. And I just look at it, and it it stays it stays alive. And I'm sure that during the rest of the day into the evening, if somebody would have said to me after I read five chapters, "What did you read today?" Well, I know I read. <laughs> no, I read it. Let's see, what was it? Not that I shouldn't do it, because even if I don't remember what I ate last Wednesday, it's still important for me to eat. Okay, but this is a little bit more of a focus. So I'm not saying that I've started doing as a result of AG. I've started do, using uh, the devotional Live Dead, and it's powerful. I mean, there are days when it's like, oh my goodness, it's overwhelming. But this is what. This, so I put this on when I'd be speaking with a pastor. I would have the Lord, Lord speak to me, share with him the word I gave you. Share with him what I taught you this morning. Share with him what you heard when you listened, you see. And so it becomes an agent of ministry. And to many of them, it became very prophetic. And I'll say, you know, God gave me a word this morning for myself, but I have a feeling it's for you. And I've had men, I've had women crying on the phone. So may we not take lightly when God speaks and we listen that it truly is him. 
And uh, yeah, so that passing it on as we listen more would really, really help. Thank you, Donna. Somebody else in here? Yes. Yes, primarily from 8 to 13, ages 8 to 13 through middle school. And, uh, you know, my, my grandson who did the God is like a, a clover, four-leaf clover, and uh, he's 15. I have, there, there's a gal, I saw her, she's not in here, but I've, I've become friends with her uh, the last, last few months. And she has twin 17-year-olds, and she's doing it with them. I would say this, we, what, if we haven't had any experience listening, this is a good place to start. If the children are younger, you need to be with them more. And it is good to do it with them. Somebody said to me today that we do it, and then I let them, you know, write who God is on their own. It becomes a private thing. So however we use it, the Lord certainly is, is working. Anybody else? They're $39.95. <laughs> no, no, no. They are $14.99 if you go on Amazon. But there's ten, it's 10% off today for one book, okay? And um, $13.49, that sounds like it's... Right, and we can't do discounts in Amazon. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, twenty. There, there's a whole scale there that if it's twenty, it's so much. So pick up a sheet of paper, and we're going to honor the the prices for you today through the thirty first of March. So if you need to go home and talk with you know your pastor or whatever then, you know, we'll have that. But pick up a sheet because it does tell you all the breakdowns. Yeah. I'm doing this now with my kids. I have a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. My 10-year-old son um, has a few kind of learning disability issues. And I say semi-frequently, sometimes I wonder if he has emotions. However, when he sits down like this and he comes back and talks about God is mine, I realize that it is connecting it emotionally. Level with with a child who needs some extra help. So if you have kids in your world that you think I don't know if they can get this, they get it. First of all, as a reminder, they're God's creation and God speaks to everyone in His creation. But this is a tool that works even for those kids, and so I would just recommend mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, let's see. Anything else? Well, I, I hope you know I'm not here just for the tool. Okay? This is something that has worked in my heart for over 10 years. 
And when we'd visit our kids, our grandchildren, we'd, we'd say, let's do this. Some kids from our church would be over with their families. Let's, let's do a Lectio Divina together. Well, what's that? Well, now it's let's do a My Start together. And I just, I want you to know, I agree. I don't think there's any disability that God can't speak through. No, there are no boundaries to the word of the Lord. There are no boundaries to his voice. And the listening component that we see with children is just really, really phenomenal. So anyway, uh, you know, just the whole tool itself, apart from the journal. But the journal is to help us because it gives the kids a beginning point, right, of um, where they can start. I'm going to read to you as we as we close here. I'm so grateful for for you coming. Um, just with my five-year-old uh, granddaughter, who journaled something for me, right? I, um, February 19th, I think it was. Yeah. It was about, it was about, it was in Luke. When people came to Jesus, it said they came to do two things. They came to hear him, and they came to be healed. But it's interesting they said first to heal to hear him. Now we know many people in our culture, I want healing, I want healing before I went hearing. <laughs> but the hearing came first in the scripture. And in my think part, I said to come, I come today to hear Jesus and be healed. When I hear him, I really listen well. Listening prepares me for healing. Listening gives me a heart that is tuned in to his voice. Listening creates an awareness in me and a hunger in me. Listening will keep me alert to his voice. Listening grasps my mind to help me be engaged. Listening promotes my obedience. Listening to Jesus is translated into listening to others. And I really believe that's true. And remember when Jesus went away, went apart from everybody to spend time with his father? When he came back into the culture and into the stress of ministry, what does the Bible say so often? He ministered with compassion. And I personally think the compassion came from there, not just when he got with people. People won't give that to us. They'll drain us of compassion. But because of his spending time, he brought the compassion in. And there have been so many people who said, when I've been alone with God, and you have the, the, the time frame there of, of um, you know, just, just being alone, that you come back with greater compassion for people. And I think that's true. So my ask was, Father, you're looking for listeners. You are listening for listeners. Would you increase my livestock capacity? Would you bring a fresh alertness to your voice? Would you give me a greater desire, longing to hear you? Would you bring to my soul a new capacity to listen? And when I listen to you, Father, I will have a listening component for my family, friends, neighbors, yes, even a stranger. When I listen to you, I'll listen and understand and perceive what the Spirit is saying to the church. And then for my rest time, it was, he said, God is my, my healer because he's teaching me how to listen. Yesterday on our way, I was mailing a, a, a friend of mine, one and one in Illinois, and I, I mailed it on our way in Oberlin. And I walked in, I'll just tell you this, and, and I walked in and there were two into the post office. There were two windows open and there was a table right here. And the windows were like at the, where the second row is. And so there's a lady here and a man at this window. This window was empty. She was working on something. So I just went up to the empty window. When I finished and was walking back, the lady here said, 
thanks for being so kind and rude to me and just getting in front of me. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were, I thought you were working on something. And she said, no, you just walked right in front of me. And so I, I felt really bad, and I came out. And I tell you, I think it's not about me. I think it's about listening. <laughs> because I came out, and I felt so bad for her that her first reaction was to blow up at someone when the scene wasn't at all like that. And I said to Bill, I said, I have a feeling I'm supposed to pay for whatever she posted or whatever package she wanted stamped. I feel like I'm supposed to pay for that. I got in the car and he said, oh, he said, she shouldn't have done that. Well, that's a normal way. I'm not doubting him because that's usually my, would be my way too. And he said, but if you feel you should, and I said, I do. So I waited till she came out and I followed her into another door. And I said, ma'am, I really want to apologize. I want to, I want to, um, I want to pay for what you just purchased or sent in the post office. She said, oh, no, you don't have to do that. I said, I want to. And she said, no, no, you don't. And she said, when you turned around, I could tell by your face that you probably didn't do it on purpose. Isn't that amazing? Because I, I smiled at her. That's all I did. And my face wouldn't say that. But I smiled at her. And that's when she corrected me. And so she said, I've just had a rough day. And I said, I'm sorry, could I pray for you? And she said, please do. What's your name? Ashley. And I prayed over her, and she wept. And I tell you, there's nothing inside of me that I would have done other than what? The listening component. See, I, I frankly would not have thought of that. So what I'm saying, may we raise up Samuels that knows who the next king's supposed to be. May we raise up Samuels who have an understanding of the word of the Lord when they're young. And may, may I just seek a blessing upon you. Father, would you bless us with an understanding and a desire and a hunger to listen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You'll love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. May we hear how to do that. And I speak for all the children under your oversight now, in your families, your grandchildren, your, the children that you have at church, the children in your neighborhood. May we listen for them in order for them to walk in a habit and a pattern of listening as well. In Jesus' name, amen.